to two o'clock. Okay. And I don't have a slide for it, but a reminder coming up as we are in this Easter season, we will have a service here on Good Friday night. That'll be at seven o'clock on that Friday. And then on Easter Sunday, a special uh, Sunday service. It'll be communion since it's the first Sunday of the month at, at our normal time. I'll give you more information about that next week. If you have your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 19. Gospel of John, chapter 19. I was particularly moved by the last song the worship team led us in, because um, that's what we've been doing these past couple of weeks, is looking at those different personalities and people who were there and seeing what we can learn from their lives. Today I want to talk about conquering fear at the cross. A couple of weeks ago we looked at Simon of Cyrene and then last week at the Roman centurion. Today I want to look at two specific individuals in Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. Gospel of John chapter 19, I'll begin reading in verse number 38. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus, and Nicodemus, who first came to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. Then they took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips and of linen with, with the spices as the custom of the Jews to the bury, um, is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had been laid. So there they laid, laid Jesus because of the Jews' preparation day for the tomb was nearby. Focusing on the first verse we read, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear. What is the gospel? In a single thought or understanding, what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? The apostle Paul told the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 3, for I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ Jesus, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That essentially is our gospel. Those are the facts that shape everything that is true about us. As Christians, Jesus died for our sins. He paid a price that you and I owed and could do nothing about. We could never be good enough. We could never give enough money. We could never attend enough church services. He died for our sins. He was buried, placed in a tomb that was provided by a loving friend. And on the third day, he rose. Death could not hold him. The grave became this temporary place for him. He arose victorious 
over even the concept of death. These are not just ideals. These are not just principles. These are the facts of the Christian faith. They are facts we accept as much as any other facts in our lives. Our relationship with the Lord will be based on our relationship to these facts. Do we believe he died for my sins? Do we believe he rose from the dead? Do we believe that he is with us each and every day of our lives? Not just some theory or principle, but these are hard facts that we believe as Christians. And we believe that the cross changes people. Coming to Jesus changes people. It can turn a defeated life into a victorious life. It can turn a bunch of nobodies into a bunch of somebodies before God's throne. It can turn the frightened into the faithful. In this story, we see two leaders in Jewish society turn from being fearful about their interaction, about their proximity and closeness to Jesus and having to overcome that fear, and they overcame it because they were there at the foot of the cross. And the two I'm speaking of is Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. Now, I'm not asking for a show of hands, so please don't. But honestly, so many can identify with these men, at least at some point in our walk with the Lord, to not speak up when we should have. To not share what the Lord has done when we should have. And to remain distant when we were being led and empowered by God to get involved. It says that they were disciples of Jesus secretly. Now scripture speaks well of both of these men. In Luke chapter 23, it says that Joseph of Arimathea was a just and good man. Joseph, bless you. Joseph was a member of the council, it says, or we would know it better as the Sanhedrin. And Nicodemus was a Pharisee. But a little known fact is that when the Sanhedrin came to a decision, when the Sanhedrin made a decree, in order for it to even reach the Roman Empire or to reach the Roman governor who was in charge at the time, the decision by the Sanhedrin had to be unanimous. Otherwise, it would not go anywhere. So either Joseph and Nicodemus didn't get the memo or the email about the meeting, or they were there and kept silent. Now, I'm not here to attack either of them. As we sang, Jesus died for my sins. It was my sins that put him there. But I'm here to point out that we've all been there. We've all been in a place of fear. But no matter how much fear you've experienced in your past, no matter how much they stood to lose, no matter what would have happened to all of their social standing, no matter the impact to their livelihood and well-being, no matter what they experienced with Jesus before, when it came to experiencing Jesus at the cross, their lives changed. When they came to the foot of the cross, something happened. People of God, we all need to meet Jesus regularly at the foot of the cross. 
I am grateful for the overcoming power that Jesus fills my life with. I am grateful for the protection that his ministering angels provide in my life. I am grateful for the abundant life he lets me walk in every day. I love all the benefits of being his child. Who wouldn't? But each day, I need to meet him, not just because of the benefits, these other benefits he places in my life, but I need to meet Jesus at the foot of the cross and remember what he did for me. To remember what he went through for me. To recall the power he displayed specifically on the cross. Jesus helps you and I overcome. Jesus makes us conquerors. In fact, we know the verse, he makes us more than conquerors. When I am going through a dark season, I need to meet him at the foot of the cross. When I am going through a time where it seems the whole world is against me. I know no one here has ever felt that way. But just think about it for a moment. When I'm going through a time when it seems the whole world, even family and friends are against me, I need to meet Jesus at the foot of the cross. When I am feeling or dealing with mistreatment or the disrespect from other people, I need to meet Jesus at the foot of the cross. When I am afraid, and it's a when, not an if. When I am afraid, I need to meet Jesus at the foot of the cross. It chains Joseph of Arimathea. It chains Nicodemus. And even for us as believers, it can change us each and every day. When I feel anxious, I need to meet him at the foot of the cross. Why? Because being with him at the foot of the cross changes people. It changes moments, me included. This passage said that they were disciples, but secretly. Well, after the cross, they could keep the secret no longer. They no longer stopped being, they not only stopped being afraid, but they acted on this relationship because of what happened at the cross. You cannot go to the Roman governor or the Roman commander in Pilate and ask for the body of Jesus secretly. You can't ask for the body that was a moment in this day, public enemy number one, secretly. You can't place him in a family tomb secretly. These were all public signs, but not just of support. A relationship had been deepened. These were signs of friendship. But the passage said he, Joseph, was previously fearful. Of what? Of what was he afraid? Well, the scriptures teach us that he was a success in the community. He was a success in business. And as was common practice in those days, being a success, he became a leader and was part of the council or the Sanhedrin. So what impact would this relationship with Jesus have on all the privileges and on all the respect and on all the places he could go that he had worked so hard for? All of that could have been going through his mind. We live in a world today, a culture that tries to make Christians feel that following Jesus is not worth it. Go ahead and try. 
They will tell you that the biblical ways are outdated. They don't match the time. They don't apply to people today. They will tell you that the actual teachings of Jesus or the actual teachings of God's word in our harmful or hurtful to many people they'll say the bible's teachings are too restrictive and don't kind of keep up with where people are today they will tell you that the bible is not for today sorry our culture is wrong but telling them that they're wrong doesn't seem to make a difference because they continue to be wrong preaching at people with closed minds often doesn't accomplish a whole lot What our culture needs is what the church needs. And we all need to spend some time at the foot of the cross. Society society wants to tell me what marriage is and how it should be viewed. They want to tell me what the family is and how it should be categorized. They want to even tell me what a man is or what a woman is. They even want to tell me what it is to be a Christian. That's the part that I never understood. On all the other things, they can offer their opinion. But how is somebody who has never followed Jesus, never read his word, never even tried to be a Christian, going to tell me you're not being a good Christian? How would you know? They want to tell me what it is to be a Christian. And they get each one wrong. I will stick with the Bible, thank you very much. I will stick with Jesus, thank you very much. And when they ask me, why am I doing that? I will say, because I met him at the foot of the cross. And the foot of the cross changes people. Yes, I'm grateful for his many blessings. I'm grateful for the things he's rescued me from in life. I'm grateful for all the provisions he's made for me and my family. I'm grateful that on a daily basis, he opens up the windows of heaven and pours out blessings that I cannot contain. So many blessings. But I follow him because I met him. I follow him because I met him at the foot of the cross. And when I did, he changed me. At the cross is where hate becomes love. There's just people say there's so much hate in the world today. We need to fix that. Yeah, go to the foot of the cross. And that'll change. At the foot of the cross is where fear becomes faith. So many people are afraid. So many things in our current modern day just generate anxiety how do we stop being afraid meet Jesus at the foot of the cross at the foot of the cross is where cowardice becomes courage now let me be clear everyone's afraid of things now people will tell me and often tell me that I'm afraid of heights I would counteract that with, I'm not afraid of heights. I just have this tremendous respect for high places. And a tremendous respect for gravity, yes. And when it comes to roller coasters, I don't have a fear of them. I have a common sense mind when it comes to them. But while those are funny, there are actual things in our lives that even we as Christians deal with that cause concern. 
And we want to be honest in God's house. They do. Courage is not denying that that feeling is there. Courage is not saying there's no fear in my life anywhere. Courage is saying no matter what I feel, I'm going to stand on the principles of God. I'm going to follow Jesus and he's going to get me through. That's courage. It's at the cross where sinners become saints. It's at the cross where grudges become forgiveness. Don't let fear of people rob you of a closer walk with the Lord. Don't let the concerns that may have clouded the mind of Joseph of Arimathea get in your way or my way of drawing closer to him. We all know the verse from Romans chapter 10, verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Maybe it is just me. It just seems every time I turn on any news program, by the end of it I wind up thinking, am I the one that's crazy? Or is the whole world going crazy? It must just be me. With all the actual things that we have going on, some of the things that we get involved with just make absolutely no sense. We need to come back to the foot of the cross. We need to understand that it's from the foot of the cross that his power can flow out of him and through me. We need to reimagine and, and, and recapture, is what I want to say. Recapture that from the foot of the cross, his love can flow out from me to you. I've heard it said, it's been said to me, well, you don't believe in this or that. You don't support some of the changes that our culture wants to make, specifically, let's say, to marriage and how it's defined. So what are you afraid of? I assure you, I am not afraid. I am standing on truth. But we live in a culture today that if I disagree with you, it must be because I'm afraid. No, I don't disagree with you because I'm afraid. I disagree with you because you're wrong. Or I just simply disagree. But I'm not afraid. No. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 is, says to me that Jesus has given me not a spirit of fear. But of power. And of love. And of a sound mind. And we cling to that, that verse. But the verse that follows said, the verse that precedes it said, so that the gift can be stirred up. In you. See, God has given each and every one of us a gift with which to walk through this life and to bless other people and to be a vessel and a channel of what He wants to do in your life and in mine. But we can often think about the gift that God has given us and or try and deny that God's given us any gifts and become a bit passive. But no, God's in gifted you. God's empowered you. God has 
moved in your life. And if there are going to be obstacles, if there are going to be things that stand in your way, if there are going to be things or people that won't allow you to move forward where God wants you to, one of them should not be the fear in us. That's why we come to the foot of the cross like Joseph of Arimathea did and say, I might have been a secret disciple before, but now I'm going to let the whole world know I follow Jesus. This is a story that's a call to boldness. This is a story that's a testimony of the confidence we can have in Jesus. This story is a reminder that when you and I feel fear, not if, when, you and I feel fear, that we can still today meet him at the cross. This was a wild scene going on. And yet, something happened in Joseph that day. And in Nicodemus, we see his position as a Pharisee, but it remarks in the passage, yeah, that his relationship with Jesus, he had come to him by night. Essentially, when no one else could see him coming. Don't be a secret disciple. Let the world know you love Jesus. Let the world see the benefit in your impact to them of you loving Jesus. There's so much fear in us today. So much fear in the world we live in. Even if we hear reports of varying things about to open up and different different predictions of things being eased, there's still so much anxiety and so much uneasiness. It's amazing that our world today won't acknowledge what some time, even a little time, at the foot of the cross will do for anyone. To reconnect us with our Savior. To restore the center of the Christian faith. Well, you're not being a Christian. What do you mean? Well, you're not doing this. You're not being accepting. You're not being loving. Until you've spent some time at the foot of the cross, you have no place to judge my faith with the Lord. Sit at his feet. And then we talk. Restore the center of our faith. Which is not political debate. It's the cross. It's the cross. And spending time at the foot of the cross renews our perspective, helping us to focus on what really matters. I urge each of us, each of us, but especially during this Easter season, to spend some time at the foot of the cross. What a great song. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they nailed him to a tree? It should make us tremble. Not just at the horrific lack of humanity in the practice, but in why he was there. And why he was there is you and me. But what about the people who, no, he was there for you because of you and me. He was there for our sins. He was there for our foolishness. He was there for our stupidity. But when we spend time 
at the cross. Anyone ever been through something that just really made you focus on what matters in life and just dismiss what doesn't? You go through something traumatic or some type of illness directly or that of someone close to you and you're just reminded of what matters. I still remember the months following 9-11. Not just in the re-energized focus to spiritual things and that the churches were filled for months, which was months, then it didn't last. But there just seemed to be, in general, this overarching sense of focusing on what was more important, on the real important basics of life. And it was good. It lasted for about six, seven months. And then people got petty again. And that can happen to us as Christians. We can come to a place where we focus on things that are petty, that aren't really important. But if we come to the cross, and remember he died for you and me. And not only died for you and me, he died for everybody else. And we remember some of the people he met there. Simon of Cyrene on the way to the cross, the Roman centurion at the cross, and the change in Joseph following his death. I declare the cross changes people. It changes us. It gives us a perspective on life that truly helps life be abundant. I was listening to the guys at work, we were on a, a video call and I probably should pay more attention, but they were arguing about something and I just kind of checked out. I'm being honest. And it was something, bless you, it was something that it would probably help my illustration if I remembered what they were talking about, but I don't. Because it was just so... Dumb. And then they made the tremendous mistake. Hiram, what do you think? <laughs> but they were fortunate because in order for me to really tell them what I think, I had to remember what they were talking about. But what I said was, guys, do you really think those who are fighting hunger in villages in Africa really care about this? And there was this silence. Even bring it close to home. Here in New York City, thousands go hungry every day. We are in a warmer spell now, but we were just out of a season where it was bone-chilling cold at night. And there were people sleeping on the streets. Do you think they're going to care on now it was something related to a sports team one of the guys is a big New York Giants fan and he was going off about something do you really think that person on the streets cares about draft choices no now yeah we can talk about different things but the things we give so much energy to so much emotion to and even if we give it in a moment it then carries with us 
in the sports world, our favorite player gets traded from our favorite team and we're depressed for months. I'm sorry, that favorite player of yours doesn't know you? Doesn't care about you? And more than likely is going to be making more money than you and I will ever see. But I do know someone who knows you, who cares about you, and wants to meet you. And the best place to meet him is at the foot of the cross. At the foot of his cross where Jesus died. Stand with me, please.